conversations with inspiring women about their stories and the neon colors that they have to share. This is the Neon Woman Podcast. Hello. Welcome back to the Neon Woman Podcast. We are now on season four, which is crazy. And my first guest of season four is Lorraine Regularly. Lorraine is an author, an English teacher, an editor, a poet, a public speaker, and an inspiration to many, including myself. Lorraine joins me to discuss her origin story, her journey, which includes a really personal deep dive into something she experienced as a teenager, which I'll let her tell that story during the episode because it is a really personal story and she tells it beautifully and I don't want to I don't want to change her story in any way by trying to quantify it in a podcast introduction. Lorraine's experience as a teenager led to an incredible journey in her adult life. She struggled and then she soared and her journey truly is the definition of inspirational, which is everything this podcast is about. She also discusses her work as an author, an editor, an English teacher, what it means to be a neon woman and so much more. It's crazy that when Lorraine and I recorded this episode, we didn't know each other. She was a guest on my podcast and then we went our separate ways. But I reached out to her after the interview and sent her some of my work that I'd written. And Lorraine really connected with the poetry that I'd written a few years before. Lorraine is the reason that I have a published book of poetry on Amazon, in people's homes. She encouraged me to self-publish a poem a day, which is my collection of poems, one for every day of the year. And without her encouragement, I never would have published this book. So it's insane how the universe works in bringing people into your life that are meant to help you soar. And Lorraine has really done that for me. And she remains someone I'm incredibly fond of and I feel very lucky to call a friend. Here is our conversation. I hope you are inspired by it. As a source of knowing that there is light among darkness, even in the darkest of experiences. Just a trigger warning before we begin, this episode does contain discussion of rape, drug addiction and prostitution. Lorraine, welcome to the Neil Woman podcast. Thank you for coming on and talking with me. 
Oh, well, it was my pleasure. Thank you for having me. I love to start with the same question for everyone because I feel like we're all known in the world for what we do, but I'd love to know who is Lorraine aside from what you do in the world? I'm a survivor. That's probably what it can be summed up in a nutshell. I have faced many adversities in my life and I've overcome them. Um, yeah, and I think, you know, a lot of us have uh, inspirational stories that we can share about our lives. I just happen to have a whole ton of them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I'm excited to get into some of it if you like and just sure um like how how did you want to start talking about this like did you want me to start at the beginning and just kind of go from there or yeah, I, I normally kind of start with I love to hear what people's origin stories are so because sometimes I think our origin stories like how we grew up and the environments we grew up in shape who we are today Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that's really um, a good point and a good starting point because, you know, we all were raised a certain way with certain thoughts and beliefs. And for some of us, uh, like me, those beliefs shifted yeah. due to unforeseen circumstances, due to different experiences that occurred. For me, when I was a 14-year-old virgin, I was raped. By a man more than twice my age and that whole experience devastated me like devastated me completely um so it's it's really you know it it changed the trajectory of my life mm. basically because i was raised you know a strict catholic girl and with all the right morals and values. And, you know, I was taught to save your virginity until you're married, all those types of things, right? So after I was raped, I felt dirty. I felt like I was damaged goods. I felt like nobody would ever love me. You know, nobody would ever want to marry me. Nobody would ever want me, right? And Back then, for me, you know, this occurred in a time period where there was no internet, there was no kids help phone line, there was none of that, it all predated, you know, the, the technology that we have today, you know, so I think it's really wonderful what you're doing and, you know, what so many other people are doing with social media and podcasting and getting these stories out into the world for people to, to share their experiences and speak up and give other women strength. Yeah. So, you know, but I mean, like back then there was none of that and I didn't tell anybody what happened to me. And, you know, unfortunately I didn't know how to deal with things. I was just a teenager. I mean, I was 14 years old, right. Yeah. You don't know how to cope as an adult with these kinds of traumatic experiences I mean hell even adults now can't even you know cope properly with such a devastating occurrence right yes yeah. so so basically what happened afterwards was I fell into a deep depression I ended up quitting school 
you know, over and over and over and over again. I, I even tried committing suicide, like things were that bad. And I turned to drugs to try and cope. Um, I slept a lot. I ate more. Um, the vicious that cycle of depression just continued, you know, like um, I, I had always had body images because I'm a bigger woman. And so, you know, you, you, you get depressed and so you eat and you use that as, you know, comfort food to make you feel better in the moment. But then long-term you're gaining weight. So you get depressed again. And so you eat. And so it's like a never ending sort of cycle. Yeah. And so many, you know, so many of us can, right. I mean, this is, you know, and, and this is why it's important, I think, for people to actually start talking about these kinds of issues and keep sharing and, you know, because there's, you know, bits and pieces in, in all of us that we can be like, oh yeah, I can totally relate to that. Oh yeah, I could totally relate to that. But what do I do? What do I do about it? Right. Um, and it's, you know, it's, and, and there's no easy answers, you know, I mean, for me, sorry, go ahead. You were going to say, I was going to say, you didn't tell anyone, including your parents, did they notice your behavior changing and you sleeping more and dropping out of school? My mom did. She said that for the first couple of years there from like 15 to 17, um, it was like living with a zombie. Mm. She did tell me that later. Um, you know, eventually like it, I didn't tell anybody what happened um, for eight years. Wow. It was eight, eight years. Yeah. And so, so, okay. So 14, two months before I turned 15, I'm right. I end up quitting school. I tried killing myself. You know, I'm going through hell internally. Um, on the outside, everybody thinks, you know, I'm, you know, I'm just Lorraine. I'm, you know, happy and whatever. Um, but on the inside, I was, you know, completely crushed and devastated. So what I ended up doing, you know, turning to drugs, turning to drinking, even um, I was able to get into bars because uh, I always looked older, you know, when I was a teenager, I always looked older than what I was. Um, started looking for love in all the wrong places, you know, thinking, oh, well, maybe if I gave guys sex, they would love me. And, you know, I ended up becoming uh, promiscuous and just basically letting myself get used even more. Mm. And I, so I quit school. I ended up getting a job because my mom said, well, if you're not going to school, you have to do something. So I got a job and I started um, dating this one guy who wasn't a good fit for me, but nonetheless, I ended up pregnant and I didn't want to have a baby at 16. This is when I was 16. So I had an abortion. A year later, I met a different guy. And I, at that point, decided to keep my son, keep my baby. So at 18, I had, I had my son. And, you know, all throughout these years, I've, you know, suffered with suicidal thoughts, like those things never went away. Those thoughts, they, 
you know, the depression and everything never went away. But I had my son and I wanted to give him a better life. So I thought, okay, you know, I'm going to go back to school. I'm going to get an education. I'm going to, you know, try, right? So that's what I did. And I ended up finishing my high school education at an adult education center. And then I ended up going to five years of university and getting two degrees to become a high school math and English teacher. Wow. So, you know, that part, there, there, there was ups and, you know, ups in there as long as well as the down parts in my life. Um, I did end up getting involved with prostitution because at one point I was like, okay, so sex means nothing to me, you know, and in my teenage twisted brain, you know, once, once I was raped, you know, that, you know, that traumatized me so much to the point where my whole belief system was shattered and I didn't know the difference between love and sex and trauma exactly exactly and it's you know and even even to this day I mean those are those are issues I still struggle with Mm. and probably always will you know, and I've, and I've, I've learned that about myself and I keep, you know, I, so I keep doing like a lot of self-help work and everything else, but anyways, I'm digressing here. So I ended up getting into prostitution because I figured, okay, you know, I'm giving sex to these guys for free. Anyways, maybe I should get something out of it and actually get paid. And so that whole part of my life came with another set of challenges um detrimental to my mental health because you know standing outside on a street corner and having people you know waiting for a guy to pick you up um other people would drive by they would you know yell things at me hurtful things they would even throw things at me I mean for a long time I felt like I was less than human You give the you you chase the love you think you deserve, and I know I've done that in the past. And if you feel so worthless, you will chase love that is not love. Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, there's just you know memories popping up now are just you know making this like really emotional for me of course and uh, you know all throughout the years i have many times felt so low to the point where life just wasn't worth living. But because I had my son and I was a single mom, I would never, I never attempted suicide again because I'd always think of him. 
and think, you know, I could never, ever leave him motherless. Yeah. And, uh, you know, he's a grown man now, and he knows that he saved my life numerous times over the years. He didn't know growing up, you know, growing up, like raising him, like it was a struggle. There were definitely challenging moments, challenging periods, you know, especially when he started to develop into a teenager and uh, started, like most teenagers do, started rebelling against the, you know, parents like mom, because, you know, we had me. And, uh, you know, we had, you know, some rocky times over the years. Um, he, he found out um, later in it as, as a late teen, he found out uh, what I was doing. You know, we live in a small city. It's not that big. Like people talk and people mm -hmm. see each other, and, you know, oh, I saw so-and-so there and I saw, you know, so anyways, um, when he found out what I was doing, plus I was also, you know, smoking pot at the time. And I mean, now pot's legal, but at that time it was illegal and he yeah. didn't like it. And, uh, you know, just different things going on. And he, I wasn't really giving him like the best home life that he deserved. And he at 19 decided to move out and basically have nothing to do with me, mm. which, you know, that was like a knife in my heart and somebody twisting it. Right. Um, so for that first year after he made that decision, that was, that was the year that I, I hit my rock bottom. I uh, ended up, getting addicted to smoking crack for 10 months. And that whole period, though, that, that was like the lowest of the lows in, in my life. Um, so at one point I realized like, okay, what is going on? Like take stock of the whole situation here. And if there was ever any chance of me having my son back in my life, I knew that I would have to get off the drugs, get off the street and completely change my life around. Easier said than done. Exactly. And that's the free, I, I was just, it's like, you're reading my thoughts <laughs> and, and, you know, it, yeah, but that's basically what it boiled down to was I had to make some some changes in my life. So I started spending more time with my mom and dad, which kept me off the street. And, you know, eventually, like, the drugs sort of just sort of disappeared from my life. Um, you know, I, I read like it. I looked at my drug use and I thought, OK, like this isn't even making me feel good anymore. Like it wasn't doing anything for me. It was costing me money and it was making me feel like shit. And so it's like, well, why the hell am I even doing this? So I, I stopped and 
it wasn't, you know, just like that. I mean, it went from, you know, using every day to like using once a week to eventually use like every two weeks and then three weeks, once a month, once every couple months, like it, you know, it was like a, a progression. It, it took time to get completely off of everything. And I, you know, I started thinking like, okay, well, what is it that I need to do in my life? Like it already, I'd already gotten my education. So I had that and I kept my teaching certificate current, you know, every year paid the dues, kept that up. Um, I started just making better choices about, you know, when I, when I thought about something, like I really analyzed my decision. It's like, cause you, you know, you, it's almost like when you come to that fork in the road, you know, you have, you can go this way or you can go this way, which is the better path to choose. Right. And sometimes it's not always black and white. Sometimes, you know, it's like, there's like five different things, you know, 10 different things you can choose, but, but really it's either there's, you know, there's a good choice and there's a bad choice. So essentially it's like, which one, you know, 50, 50, pick this one, you're going to go down this road, pick this one, you're going to go down this road. And so I, I started doing that with basically all of my decisions. And eventually, I was at the point where I was feeling so strong that I thought, okay, you know, it's time now to get back in touch with my son. Like I need to find him. I need to tell him I've changed. I need to see if we can repair our relationship. And I found out that he, I found out where he was working. So I ended up writing a letter to him, first of all, and nothing really happened. He didn't reply. And then I, I contacted him. Oh, but I, <laughs> I'm skipping over my, the whole best part, <clears throat> the irony of everything, of me taking control of my life again and making all these healthy choices. I ended up having my appendix burst. And I was literally dying in the hospital, not knowing what was going on. And that they, they performed an emergency operation on me to save my life. And at that point, I realized, you know, I didn't want to die, even though I was literally dying. And I had suicidal thoughts all those years. I actually didn't want to die. I just wanted my pain to end. Which you've been trying to numb for so many years with different methods. Exactly. Exactly. And... That was when, you know, I had my aha moment and that was sort of what prompted me actually to get back in touch with my son. And so how many years had it been? Three years. Yeah. From he was 19 to 22. Yeah. So uh, it was like 2009 to 2012 at that point and we got so my appendix burst in august 
I wrote him the letter in September and waited until October to hear back and I didn't hear from him. And then sometime in October, I ended up calling his work. I found out when he was working and I called him and we had a 38 minute conversation while he was at work. And he said like, mama, like I have to go, like, I'll call you after I'm done work. Well, we ended up talking for another couple of hours after that. And then we started talking regularly and then we, you know, started, we got together for dinner and, you know, we started, we just started repairing our relationship. So he, he knew, you know, from the sound of my voice, from the tone of it, from everything that I was saying, he knew that I wasn't lying. He knew because he, he knows, you know, I mean, he's my son. He, you know, he's lived with me for so many years. He knows me. And so when I told him that I had, you know, I had completely changed my life around. Um, he believed me. He, he said, he said, I knew you were telling me the truth. And he said, that's why I gave you another chance. And so we ended up talking about, you know, basically everything. And he is such a positive forward thinking person that he's like, you know, cause I was, you know, obviously upset. I was crying. I'm, you know, apologizing. I feel so guilty. You know, I'm a mom. I should have done better, you know, this and that and everything else. Right. I'm feeling all these negative emotions again. And, uh, you know, very sorry, obviously for what, you know, I had put him through and he's like, it's in the past. Let's leave it there. Mm. We, we got today and we got our future. So let's not worry about anything, you know, that that's already happened. Let's just work from this point forward. And that's, you know, his, his approach to a lot of things. And it's, to me, I just, I found that, you know, really amazing, especially that this was my son, you know, like I raised this kid, you know, like this is, and this is how this guy's turned out to be, you know, like with, you know, doesn't smoke, doesn't drink, doesn't do drugs. Um, well, you know, drinks on occasion, celebratory stuff, but, uh, you know, eats healthy, goes to the gyms, like has this like terrific mindset, terrific attitude towards life. And, you know, I, I got so much strength from him. Like it was like everything, you know, even talking now about it, it's like, that weight that I felt earlier, you know, when I was like crying and thinking about the past, it's like, it's just, it's like, it's lifted. It's like, it's just, it's just gone because all of his love and positivity and positive energy, I, I could, you know, I could still feel it even now, even, you know, just, just talking about him and, um, you know, and that's, and that's the part where, now, you know, it's like whenever I sort of get down in the dumps, I try and channel that positivity. And I and, and we can talk about more about, about this in a little bit. But um, so, yeah, so my son and I, we reconnected. Everything went really well. And eventually, uh, so this was in like October, November, December. Um, by January, I had basically started my new life. I got, uh, I brought a brand new laptop. I started blogging online because my son had asked me um, or had, had said to me that Christmas 
I asked him what he wanted for Christmas and he's like, nothing. I don't, I don't think anything. Um, he's like, take that money and buy yourself something that you really, you know, you really need. And I'm like, well, I don't need anything. And, you know, and I still bought him Christmas presents, but I thought about what he said. Cause he's, you know, that's the kind of selfless person he is, you know, always wanting the other person to think about something else. And so I thought about it and I thought, well, you know, I've always wanted to pursue a career in the writing field mm-hmm. or do something with my writing. You know, I've always loved writing, always loved reading and writing and, and have written, you know, short stories and poems and this and that over the years. And people have all always encouraged me to do something with my writing. And so I thought, you know, I wrote a book when I was in university and, you know, I thought I was encouraged by my professor to get it published. I, uh, you know, I thought, okay, it's, it's time, it's time to do that. And so I started blogging online and well, first I, I, I researched, I had done some research about publishing books and, and this is an interesting story, Chloe, because technology has changed so much over the years that now people can actually self publish books on Amazon. Anyone can become an author nowadays, anyone anyone can put up a book on Amazon and sell it. And when I learned that I was so amazed and I was like, okay, this is what I'm going to do then. And so, yeah, so this through, you know, through a sequence of positive events, I I ended up blogging online. People started reading blog posts. I ended up learning about the self-publishing process and I, I, I published one book as sort of like a test to see if I knew all of the steps of the process. And then I helped a friend of mine publish a book. Uh, he's I'm Maxwell Ivy, the oh, one yes. that introduced the two of us. Yes. So I helped Max with his, I actually helped him with all four of his books. Back then, this was when he first uh, published Leading You Out of the Darkness into the Light. Um, so yeah, so I published my book, Risky Issues, first, and then I helped Max with Leading You Out of the Darkness into the Light. And it was because of Max that I ended up, you know, publishing my first book. So, because he wanted help with his. And then I, I thought, okay, you know, I need to add this to my business services that I can help other people become authors. So um, yeah, so back in 20, 2013, that's, you know, my son and I had repaired everything by like that Christmas and 2013 started out wonderful. Well, by 2014, I had opened my own business, which I never even set out to do. Like this wasn't even in my plan. Like I just wanted to write and, you know, become known as an author and a writer. Well, as it turned out, I, I got known as a blogger first. Mm. And because I was writing articles for other people's websites, guest posting on their sites, uh, some website owners approached me and said, like, I want you to write for me. Like, I want you to write, you know, an article a month, every month for me, for my website. And, you know, and I'll pay you to do it. And I'm like, okay you know, like, sure. I mean, getting paid to write articles, like, 
who would have thought, right? So I ended up in the freelancing writing world. Boom, just like that. Like I had never set out to do that. But I found myself getting paid to write these articles. And it was like, okay, this is cool. So maybe I should, you know, start a freelance writing and editing business. And, you know, and then after I became an author, I added the author assistant services. So after I helped Max, you know, you know, I started helping other people. Like he was, he was, I think, probably my my number one fan when it came to book editing and publishing because I helped him with all four of his books and he was always talking about me on social media. And, you know, he, he and I had like, when I met Max, we had a really great relationship right from the start. I ended up doing an interview with him because, you know, he's, he's blind. And I had so many questions about how blind people function in day-to-day world like how do they cook how do they know like which shirt to wear with what pants and you know all of these different things right and so he he was open enough that he let me interview him and then later he introduced me to uh, another writer Carrie Kajuski and I also interviewed her she's she's also um, visually impaired so uh, I had those two special interviews on my website, you know, interview with the blind man, interview with the blind woman, they both rank high on Google. Um, you know, they're, they're both amazing people. And I learned so much. And, you know, it, just everything sort of, all of these positive things started happening, like after having, you know, like basically a lifetime of negativity, you know, with ups and downs and it, like things just started snowballing in the positive world so you know so now you know I'm I've moved beyond my past into my present and and what I've been doing since you know 2013 Mm. and I've I've helped so many other people become authors I ended up writing another book um and and I I've since changed the cover and I don't have the new cover I don't have a copy of the new one but um, this is, no, I can't hold it properly. Here we go. So from nope to hope, how I overcame my suicidal thoughts and how you can too. Amazing. Now this book, like you can see, it's pretty thick <laughs> compared to the other ones. And, and, and the reason why is because it's, it's, um, you know, it contains so many different, uh, strategies and techniques, and it also has, a spot at the end of each chapter for people to actually write. Like there's like a whole like question and answer. It's like it got a little built-in built-in workbook. Um, and and this was you know it took me it took me a long time to to write this. It took me at least a year. Um, and there's you know there's pictures. There's the you know the emotion wheel. Um, identifying, you know, how your emotions and there's pictures, other pictures in there, like my little pup, uh, there's pictures of other stuff in it. Um, but the strategies and techniques that I shared in this book, uh, are really what, really what sort of saved me time and time again. Like it wasn't just thoughts of my son preventing me from killing myself. Like there was actual strategies. Like I went through counseling. I went through, um, 
you know, a lot of intense self-work, learning about myself and why I, why I was the way I was and why I thought things the way I thought things, right? Um, like I said, I didn't tell anybody what happened for about eight years. And the person who I eventually told actually guessed that something was wrong with me. It was one of my teachers when I had, after I had had my son and I said, I went back to school. So I was at the adult education center and I was basically doing correspondence work type books, but at the school and the teacher who was marking my English uh, class, um, she I don't know what it was, but she, she approached me one day and she, she asked me if I had suffered some kind of sexual trauma in my life. And I just looked at her and I was like astonished that she would guess that. And I think the look of surprise on my face I didn't even say anything. She's, she just looked at me and she, she says, you know, I used to be trained as a counselor before I became a teacher. She was an older lady. Her teaching became her second career. Cause I, I, I looked at her and the only thing I did, I said to her, I said, how did you know? Like, that was the only thing I said, how did you know? Like I was so stunned and you know, due to her, her previous training, she was able to recognize the signs in me. And just from knowing me, you know, having so many conversations with me over the months, like she just guessed it and she just knew it wasn't even, it was an educated guess. It wasn't just like off the top of her head. So anyways, I, I said to her, I said, yes. And she said, you know, what happened? And I told her and she said, have you gotten counseling for it? And I said, no, she says, you need to. Hmm. And at that point I was 22 years old and I was like, yeah, I think, I think I do. I think you're right. I said, I've never, never told anybody, but what happened? I said, I don't even know how to go about getting a counselor or anything. And she says, just go to your family doctor and they'll give you a referral. So I said, okay. So I did that. And then I, I, I got into counseling and um, my counselor actually recommended, I'm going to show you these two books here, uh, The Courage to Heal. Huge. You think my book's big. Look at these workbook and a textbook or here so the courage to heal book is a guide for women survivors of child child sexual abuse so 14 years old I mean I'm considered a child right so she recommended these books to me and um these are these are like super famous books and they you know they have the questions and you're supposed to write in the answers. And like I did, I, I did, you know, some of the stuff, you know, at the beginning and we worked, we, so we worked through, um, uh, so we worked through those, some of the chapters throughout our time together there. And uh, I learned a lot about myself. Um, 
later on, I ended up going for counseling for other addictions. I had a gambling addiction for a while. Um, you know, so I've been, you know, through different counseling programs off and on through the years. I've also taken several different classes over the years um, in terms of, you know, regulating your emotions, um, communicating better, handling uh, one was called distress tolerance. Um, you know, so there's, you know, just, just different things that I've taken over the years. And I learned a lot of different coping strategies and they were really helpful. Um, so I basically summed them all up in my book from Nope to Hope. Um, and now, you know, I've, I've come to the point where, of course, you know, whenever I think about the past, of course, it still affects me. Mm. It'll still make me emotional. It'll still make me sad. It'll still make me feel, you know, a, a bunch of different things. But the negative emotions that I used to feel, I don't feel them as strongly anymore. Yeah. You know, like, I don't feel that shame. I don't feel like it's, it was my fault. I know it wasn't my fault. You know, I don't feel like I'm worthless. I don't feel like I'm dirty or damaged goods. Like we all have, you know, so much inside of us that will help us overcome those things. And with all the different self-help work that I've done on myself and all the different, you know, personal, some people don't like the self-help thing. They call it personal development or personal growth, you know, however you want to phrase it. I mean, there's, you know, that's, that's a really sort of hot topic nowadays and has been for a while, like people wanting to live their best life and be the best version of themselves they can be. I mean, you he see and hear it everywhere. And, and really that's the, you know, we're always works in progress, right? We're yeah. all, no one is, no one is perfect. There's always room for improvement. And so because of that, you know, we always strive to be better, you know, be, be a better version of ourselves, be a, you know, a stronger version, be, you know, like whatever it happens, whatever area of your life or areas that you're working on, you just want to be better, right? You always want to level up. And so, that's where I'm at now. You know, I've, 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 you know, I was the roller coaster of up and downs over the years. And then finally I sort of leveled out and then I started my business. And then, you know, like after I reconnected with my son, it was all just up, 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 up. So things are going, you know, way better now, <laughs> you know, the, probably the best they have been in, in quite, quite a long time. So this past decade has been really incredible, not even a whole decade yet, because it was like 2013, we're only going into 2022 soon. So yeah, like the last eight, nine years have just been absolutely phenomenal. I mean, it's such an incredible story to literally transform your entire life. And the way I kind of see it is in order to heal, we have to feel and something I'm constantly learning every day is if you want to heal, you really have to feel everything to, to process it and to, to literally get it out of your system because that's the path to healing. And I feel like you really did that 
to to turn your life around? And talking on podcasts like this really helps me. Like this is not just, um, you know, something that I'm doing for other people. I'm definitely doing it for other people and hoping that other women will, you know, connect with something and relate to something and, and want to make changes in their lives. But it's also, it's also therapeutic for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I first started sharing my story, like, yeah, I had my moment earlier, you know, a couple of minutes there where, you know, tears were flowing and everything. I mean, there, the, when I first started to like, oh, like we're talking waterworks, like gushing, 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 like we made your waterfalls. Um, but over time, as I talked about it and shared about it more, the healing took place yeah. because I, I allowed myself to feel and feel those feelings, just like you say. I love that so much. It, yeah, and it's so true. You do. You do. I, I love that saying too. Yeah. It's, to heal, you have to feel. Yeah. I truly and, believe that. And it's, it is, it's true. It's because it's true. You know, like when you sit quietly and you spend just some time with yourself, you know, some people, they, you know, they call it meditation. Some people call it just facing themselves or, you know, sitting quietly, whatever you want to call it. If you actually just take a few moments, because, you know, we all have, you know, such busy lives, like between work and, and the kids and school and this and that and the friends and family, and you know, the laundry and the dishes and the cooking and like everything, like it, it, everything is always demanding our attention. But if you just take time and sit quietly with yourself for like even three minutes Mm. and just allow the thoughts to come, allow the feelings to come and see what pops up. You'll be amazed at, at what you'll notice. And then the things that do come up, you know, are the things that are saying like, okay, you know what? I I need some attention here. You know, like, um, you know, for me, it's like, this little 14 year old girl that lives inside me, she really needs a hug today. Or, you know, this whatever age child or person or whatever, you know, teenager, whatever, you know, saying like, oh, you know what? I really need this right now. I need you to hear me. I need this. I need that. Like, and you can, you can pay attention to what's going on in your body and be like, okay, you know what? So, yeah, you know, some people think like, oh, my God, I have like, you know, a million personalities kind of thing or multiple personality disorders. No, 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 it's not true. It's just you have so many different parts of you still alive inside of you that some of them need need your attention. You know, like how often have you heard one of your friends say, you know, what? I just I'm I'm taking a personal day today or I'm taking the day off. I need a mental health day. Well, why? It's because you have something inside you that needs that love and you yeah. need to tend to, to your soul. Yeah. You need to give that attention to yourself. And a lot of women, especially well, not just women, a lot of people, sorry, a lot of people who have had traumatic experiences forget to give themselves that love Mm. that they need. 
So my advice would be that the next time you feel something, you know, pay attention to it. Don't just brush it off and say like, oh, you know, I, you know, I got kids to attend to, or I got this to do. It's like, no, no, no. Put yourself first, put yourself first, because the better you, you that you are, the better that you can be for everybody else. Right. Like they always say, love yourself first before you can love anyone else. And, and that's, you know, that's, that, that's a hard lesson for us to learn sometimes to love ourselves and to give ourselves that attention and prioritize our needs. Yeah. But it's, it's um, really important that we do that. My kind of slogan for neon woman is feel it all because that's something I'm learning to embody all the time because I haven't felt it all in the past, but I, I think it's, like you said, feelings come up and you can feel them, but they don't have to define you. It's, they're just feelings. And they're right. there to be processed and healed. And that 14 year old girl that lives inside of me didn't know that. Mm. She got stuck in those feelings and lived in those negative feelings for years. And it took a long time to learn how to change that. And so um, I, know, I know one of the questions that you normally ask your guests is about mindset. And this is a perfect time to, for me to mention this because I started using positive affirmations mm. to help switch my way of thinking and help change my mindset from a negative into a positive one. And um, in fact, I, I wrote a whole chapter in my book um, about this. It was chapter eight. Uh, let's see, change your mindset by using positive affirmations. And I made this chapter free on my website. I'm looking at one twenty-seven here. Okay, so. The article on my website is, um, let's see, is it how to use positive affirmations to improve your life. There's a whole section of examples. Um, I could show you in my book and talk about it on my website, but uh, positive affirmations, what are they? So they're positive statements that you tell yourself every day. Basically, that's what they are in a nutshell. And how they work is they sink into your subconscious, which your subconscious doesn't know the difference between a truth and a falsehood. Mm. It takes everything as truth. That's just how the brain works. That's just how we are made. So because of that fact that it takes whatever we, we tell it as truth, it will believe whatever it's told and it will make our outer reality try and match that inner reality. So if you constantly tell yourself like, I'm worthless, I don't matter, I don't deserve this, then that's what you end up feeling. But if you tell yourself, I am worthy, I deserve love, I'm an awesome person, I'm strong. I'm confident. I'm intelligent. I'm amazing. 
I'm unstoppable. I have the power to do anything I want. All of these positive things eventually will start to take hold and you will start to believe them. Yeah. And that's what I love about the, about our, our brain, because like, once I learned this stuff, like I didn't just, you know, we don't always just know things. Somebody has to teach us. Right. Yeah. And when I learned this stuff, I came across this back in, I think it was like either late 2013 or early 2014. I, I, I started here and I'm like, how come nobody's ever told me about these before? Like, these are so, so, so positive and awesome. And, you know, like, this is just amazing. And so I started, like, I was skeptical at first about using them because I thought, like, oh, this sounds too good to be true. But then I thought, wait a second, stop that negative thinking. And let's look at it from the point of what have you got to lose? Like, Okay, so you say, say a couple of sentences to yourself every day. That's easy. Like anyone can do that. Like, why not try it? Like, you know, it takes like, you know, two minutes, right? So I started doing that and I was amazed at how quickly my life got better. Like it just magic. It, it was like magic. It was like magically got better. I started feeling better. I started having more positive thoughts. I started seeing positive things start happening in my life. New opportunities came my way. Um, like it, it just literally blew my mind. And so I, you know, I, they, they say too, that when you're like creating these positive affirmations for yourself to even use things that aren't necessarily true yet. Mm. Like for me, I used, I am a published author. It wasn't true at the time. It's true now though. Yeah. And why is it true now? It's because I told myself, you know, this is like something I want to do. Like I am a published author. Well, and, that and energy. So it's it is exactly like you you can get that energy. And then we, you know, once you start using that, like you sort of invoke all of the other laws of the universe, like the law of attraction. And, you know, the law of abundance. And it was just like everything just like it all just comes together. Like it all just comes to you. And, you know, so once I started learning all of these different things, I was like, oh, my God, this is so cool. This is so awesome. And 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 I felt like this information was sort of kept secret for me. And so mm -hmm. that's why I decided to give it away like of course I, I included it in my book because it's super valuable but I give this information away the whole chapter on my website in fact there's two chapters I give away because the, the visualization also ties in with the positive affirmations because you um so yeah so like the next chapter was uh was uh, use meditation visualization and the law of attraction to basically get what you want mm. and um yeah so like uh, <laughs> visualization I used to have you know an idea in my head like my dream vacation was you know going on like an uh, like a like an island cruise or something like this right because I'd never seen palm trees in my life believe it or not 
up until this one point. And once I started doing these visualization exercises, I started thinking, you know, I need to, I need to go on, a, on this vacation. And I finally, I took a, I took a dream vacation back in 2016 and I got to see my palm trees. Amazing. And it was so funny because I was three, like the week before I ended up leaving, um, I was, I had taken my nephew to a swimming pool that had an indoor swimming pool. Cause you know, like where I live, it's winter, like pretty much half the year so we were at this pool and they had this like great big palm tree mural on the wall and I was laying and I was looking at it he was off playing swimming doing whatever with one of the other kids there and I'm looking at this and I'm like oh I'm gonna do this my 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 visualization thing of thinking like I'm in this tropical area on a beach with the warm sun with the palm trees you know, hearing the ocean waves, feeling the warmth of my skin, feeling the sand beneath my toes, all these things, right? And a couple of days later, I go home and I'm on Facebook and my brother had sent me a message saying, hey, you know, my girlfriend and I are going down to the Dominican Republic. Uh, we're going down to Punta Cana for a week. Would you like to come with us? <laughs> it's like, we're leaving Tuesday. And this is on a Saturday. I'm like, that's in three days. He's like, yeah, I know. He's like, but I know you got your passport. You just got your passport. So like, you got no excuse. Like yeah. you can go now. And cause he was the one that helped me get my passport. Like I had done these visualization exercises and started taking steps towards making that happen, you know? And I, I had, uh, I had paid off all my credit cards. I was like free and clear. And I'm like, oh my God, should I, like, should I do this? Like, this is like a once in a lifetime opportunity. Like my brother never invites me, like, like he's traveled like a bunch of times. And, uh, and I thought, yeah, I got to do this. And so honestly, one of the best weeks of my life. And it's all because I used the visualization technique. I basically manifested this whole experience. I could honestly talk about manifestation all day because it's so powerful. And I feel like mm -hmm. the more that you do it, you just become so like unsurprised when something happens. You're just like, okay, yeah. Like, yeah, like I, I know it's like, it, so it's happened. Yeah. It's like, well, I saw it happening. So of course it's going to happen. Yeah. You like, know? Okay. Yeah. And when you, when you put yourself in that feeling of, um, the feeling of it and the expectation that like, yeah, this is, this is how I want it to be. This is how it's going to be. Then that's how it is. It's, yeah. you know, to, to people who have never heard of this stuff before, it's like, what? Oh, yeah. but, but if you're, you know, like you and I have done this and, you know, we're in this, like been doing this for a while and in this space and we, you know, we have that knowledge now and now we have the wisdom and we have everything to, to propel ourselves, to keep on doing it. But for people who have never heard about this stuff before, it's not magic. It feels like magic. It's, it's just, it's, it's incredible is what it is. Like it really is like, there's, there, there's no other words really to describe it. You basically, think of how you want something to go and if you already have it as if yeah as if you already have it as if it's already gonna you know already happening or already happened and 
And then it just happens. Like I was doing this the other day. I had to go to some, I had to go to an appointment and then I had to do an errand. And so I don't have a vehicle and I don't like taking a taxi everywhere because, you know, taxis can be pretty expensive after a while. And so normally my, my, uh, my parents would help me do my run. Mom just recently had to go to Toronto for, she had, she's going to be having surgery. So she had to go for a test. So anyways, my mom and dad weren't unable to help me with my errands this day, my appointments. So I took the bus and the time, figuring out the timing of everything is like impossible to do beforehand because you never know how long you're going to be at the doctors. You never know how long you're going to be at a grocery store. So anyways, I had in my head, I had envisioned, okay, so this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to take the bus to my appointment after my appointment, whatever time it happens to be, I'm going to go and I'm going to grab something to eat because, you know, this is my treat day as well. I'm going to taco time. I'm going to stop there and get something to eat. Then I'm going to go down to Safeway and I'm going to go pick up the, you know, the milk that I need, plus whatever this item that I wanted that was on sale. And then I'm going to go home. And it's all within, you know, like, I mean, I, I, I'd say, wa- I, won't, I won't say walking distance because it's a little bit too far to walk. So I did need to rely on the city transportation buses to do this. So anyway, so as I go, I go to the doctors, everything goes well. I get out of there. I go grab my stuff from taco time. I then check the bus to see if I'm going to be walking to my next destination point or if I'm going to be taking the bus. Well, lo and behold, 30 seconds away. I didn't even have to pull out my phone to check the schedule. I see the bus coming. It was like perfect timing right there. I get off the bus. I go into my Safeway and I grab all my stuff. And before I check out, I check the bus schedule. Like how, like, do I have time to shop more? Do I have to hurry? Like, what do I do right now? And I'm looking and I'm like, oh, there's a bus in six minutes. I'm like, oh my God, that's so cool. I'm going to go check out. I'm going to get myself myself right outside, right on perfect time. Boom, home. It was like, everything was seamless. It was like, it was just almost like divine intervention. Like everything just happened at the perfect time. And it's because I imagine myself having a smooth sailing day. Yeah. I'm like, this is how I want it to be. And so it is. So it was, it was perfect. Like that's, it, it was just, you know, And so I started, you know, like people, when when they hear about things, even little things like this, they think, okay, well, you know, you just got lucky. Well, no, I didn't get just, I just didn't get lucky. Like I, I like imagined this, how I wanted it to go. And that's exactly how it went. Yeah. I always say to people up to this very point in my life, I have manifested, I've manifested basically the last seven years of my life to how it is today. Little things here and there, sometimes bigger things. And you can't have the conversation with everyone because people are like, well, it's just coincidence. No, there are some things in my life 
that are just that are not coincidence. It took visualizing it and imagining that it had happened. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. So it was like one of the biggest things you've ever manifested. Yeah, but I'm also not surprised because I understand the concept. So I'm just like, yeah, okay, like I get it. <laughs> It's well, what not was such a big shock to me anymore? Okay, so like for me, the biggest thing was like that trip, that whole vacation trip. What what was the, like the biggest thing for you? Uh, so the biggest thing to date is, so I'm from the UK, and I met my partner in the UK when we lived there together. We broke up for a little bit, about nine or ten months, and. I kind of knew that our relationship hadn't run its course, even though we'd broken up. Okay. And I knew that he was gonna move to Australia. At that point, there was no chance in us getting back together. Like it was stuck. He'd met somebody else. But I just had a feeling that we hadn't, we hadn't run our course yet. So every night before I went to sleep, I would visualize moving to Australia with him even though we weren't together, we weren't talking. I would visualize it and I would imagine us living there. We were really happy. And we got back together about 10 months later. And by the end of that year, we had bought our tickets and we moved to Australia the next March. And we've been here ever since. Wow, that's amazing. And if you think about like he had met somebody else, he was with that person. Technically, there was no, no chance of that happening. That's not coincidence. No, it's almost logic defying. Yes. You know, and that's the amazing thing that I love when we talk about, you know, manifestation or, you know, visualization or anything like this, even, you know, positive affirmations, like getting yourself in that headspace is really all it takes and a lot of people they they just can't believe that it actually works mm-hmm. you know but if you give it a chance and you try it the results are astounding I think people want they want to feel like they're in control of their lives and I think that manifestation can seem like you're not in control because things just kind of snowball and happen even in a positive way. It's interesting that you said that word control because in a lot of ways from being raped, I had, when I had no control, I I like feeling like I'm in control. Mm. I like being in control and I like controlling things. And I like, as sad as this sounds, I like controlling other people too. Like I Like, not that I, I don't do it intentionally. It just happens. Like Mm -hmm. I was in, you know, like my partner and I were currently broken up and I don't know back together or not. Um, I don't know if I even want to Mm -hmm. really yet. Um, But one of the things that he would accuse me of is like, Lorraine, you're being controlling. Like you can't control that, you know, like 
And I'm like, yes, I know you're your own person. You can make your own choice and, you know, whatever. But I will say things to try and influence him to think, you know, to want to do something or whatever. And so I, I was accused of being controlling. And and I know that that's something that's um, not always a good thing. You know, like it is good to be in control in certain situations. But when it comes to uh, people, relationships um, in particular, it's not a good idea to be that way. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, it's different if you're like the, you know, like you're, you're a boss at a company and you have, you know, employees like you, like you have to get things done. You have to give them orders. You have to be in control that way. That's fine. But when you're trying to get somebody to, you know, like it's a, it's almost a form of like a man manipulation, you know, in a way like, oh, I want you to do this. So like, you know, whatever it's like. Um, and I think that's how come a lot of people do resist, you know, because they do like feeling in control of their lives, yeah. especially if they've had control taken away from them in the past, you know? And so Sometimes I know because I know that's something that I actually struggled with a little bit too at the beginning was like, how do I just believe in the universe that the universe is going to take care of me? Like, how do I just believe that? And how do I give that control? Like you, you do like you just have to like give up that control and surrender to it. exactly surrender to it and be like, okay, here's me. This is what I want. I've put it out there now I'm yours. Do, you know, like I'm at your mercy, do what you are going to do kind of thing. And the thing, the thing of it all is, is that it always comes through. Mm -hmm. Like the universe has never let me down. Yep. Anytime I have wanted something like even like my business is a perfect example. I'd finished one, one editing project. And if I didn't have another one lined up already, I would be like, okay, universe, like I'm ready to take on the next project, send somebody my way. Cause I've never actually gone looking for work. I just get emails. Like people somehow they either hear about me from somebody I've already helped or they'll see something on social media or they'll, you know, see my name mentioned in like this blog post where I'm listed as, you know, one of these book editors or, you know, however people find me. And I've never gone looking for work for my business since I opened my business in 2014. Yeah. So it's been like seven, eight years now almost. And I will just say to the universe, like, okay, I'm ready for the next thing, you know, and boom, next day I get an email editing inquiry or, you know, whatever it happens to be. And it's like, okay, well, here's the next three months of my life now for editing this book, or here's, you know, the next, whatever, however long for editing this book. And it's, and it's just, a, it's just absolutely incredible how, when you do surrender yourself to something higher than you, you know, <clears throat> whether it's, you believe it's the universe, or whether you believe it's, god or whether you believe it's you know a higher power of some like whatever you want to call it whatever name whatever whatever you want to do in terms of that it's amazing what what the results will end up being absolutely yeah yeah nothing short so of a, a miracle really 
yeah. you think about it. Yeah. Do you love poetry? Have you ever just wanted a little bit of inspiration to start your day? A Poem a Day by Low Mackett is that magical book of inspiration you've been looking for. One poem a day for every day of the year. Available now on Amazon. Go and get your copy today. For more information, go to lowmacket.com or neonwoman.com. Well, I'd love to get into the neon woman questions because I love to hear everybody's answers. Okay. So my first question is, what's the one song you play to brighten your neon colors? Survivor by Destiny's Child. Oh, yes. <laughs> I'm a survivor. I'm gonna make it. You know, you know the one I'm talking about, right? Yeah. Love <laughs> yeah. that song. Yeah, it's high energy and it's just, I don't know. It's just because I am a survivor, it just feels like it's me. Yeah. yeah. I have a playlist on Spotify, so I'll add that to the playlist. Okay. Oh, it's not there already? It's not, no. I I let oh um, I let my guests add songs to it. So okay, cool. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Well, Lorraine, what about love is wild to you? What about love is, you know, when I looked at your questions, because I, I, I thought about that, I still, I still don't really have like a definite answer for me. I think it's, it's just, I think the unexpectedness of it is really wild. Like, cause you never know who you're going to love. Mm. Yeah. Or who is going to love you? Or, uh, that's probably the best answer I could give you. Yeah, no, I like that's, that. That's, that's the wild part of, for me, like, because, you, you know, like, in your head, especially when you think of, okay, like, at least for me, from in my past, when I used to think of a partner, how my partner's going to look, how my partner's going to act, how, you know, and then I meet somebody and it's like, that whole thing goes out the window because then there's this person here and I just love them, yeah. you know? So to me, that's, that's the wild part. Like, yeah, you just, it's just the unexpectedness of it all. Oh, I love that. Well, what about your fashion sense is original? I don't even know if I have a fashion sense. <laughs> <laughs> what about me? It's original. Um, I don't know. I'm more like I was a teenager in the 80s, like 1980s. So I'm still a big, you know, big hair, a big fan of the, you know, the big hair a little bit. That's probably the only thing I can think of. That's original. It's it, and it is original. You know, it's not not you don't see too many people, although I have I have calmed down a little bit over the years in terms of some things but uh but yeah you know I still I still like the you know the dark nail polish the I, I just don't wear the dark makeup anymore because you know I'm getting older and you can be bothered it's just, it's just I could yeah exactly it's too much work like I don't want to be like I got other things to do like I don't I don't really care about you know it's not that I don't care about my appearance I just don't care to wear makeup anymore mm, yeah yeah Especially now because like I wear glasses and these um, these glasses have pro progressive bifocals built in. Like I'm 50, believe it or not, I am 50. I just turned 50 a couple months ago. 
and my eyes are getting worse and I can't wear my contacts anymore. If I could wear my contacts, yeah, I'd be wearing the makeup and stuff still, but now it's just, yeah, I've, I've actually never thought about wearing makeup with glasses. So okay. maybe I'll, maybe I'll consider it. I, yeah. I never thought about it. So yeah, something new and different. Okay. You've kind of answered this question, but what do you do to keep your mindset magnificent? positive affirmations and I try and uh you know keep my vibration level raised mm, yeah yes that's important very well where is the most adventurous place you've traveled to well I had a lot of adventures down in Punta Cana but I was thinking about this today and I was thinking, you know, when I was a child, we went on a family trip to a place uh, is between Alberta and British Columbia. It was in Alberta where uh, a disaster happened. I can't remember when it was. I think it was like 1907 or 1904 or 1906 or like, or like over, like well over a hundred years ago. What happened was there was this little town the town was called Frank and there was this mountain next to it. And the mountain, there was some kind of avalanche of rocks that came crashing down and basically wiped the whole town out. And um, historically, I think it's known as the Frank slide. And when I was probably eight or nine years old and we went out for a family vacation out that way we stopped at this and we read about it uh there's this monument and um I picked up a piece of this gray rock and and looked all around at the rocks and like you imagine that there's a town buried beneath it and it was just mind-boggling and there was only one survivor and it was a baby lord knows how a baby survived all of that but maybe being so small and it just didn't the way it, I don't know. So that was probably the most adventurous, I would say, place because to, to navigate the rocks and everything to me was just, you know, like so shocking that yeah. it even happened. So that's, yeah, I think that's probably the best thing I could say for that answer. Yeah. That sounds amazing. Yeah. Yeah, it was, it was definitely different. Well, what is necessary to you to have a healthy lifestyle? Healthy is in quotes because I don't just mean like food. Yeah, no, I mean, when you think to me, you know, some people will think, you know, healthy body wise, other people think healthy mental wise, you know, uh, spiritually, whatever, whatever kind of, you know, to me, a balance is needed, mm. a balance. And that applies in so many different areas, like even with, with eating food. Okay. Yes. I'm, you know, I'm trying to lose weight. So I, I do eat healthier foods and I, you know, back on the junk part. So it's, you know, that the 80, 20 sort of ish rule. Um, but when it, for me, I think um, when I, when you talk about the work and the life and the, you know, the pleasure of everything, even though some people do love their work, 
and they, you know, they do love their leisure time as well. They, there needs to be a balance. Mm. Like you can't, you know, you can't work like 20 hours in a day and only do like four hours of, of whatever. Cause you also have to factor in your sleep and you also have to factor in everything else. So you have to have a good balance. So balance is definitely needed. Absolutely. Which woman or women are inspirational to you, famous or non-famous? To me, I don't have just one person. I think anyone who is willing to face their demons and move forward with their life Mm. is inspirational. So countless, countless number there. I mean, your past podcast guests, people on, you know, that you hear about in social media, these stories about how, you know, so-and-so was this, and then they became that. I mean, there's just too many to count. Anyone who has the courage to, make a change in their lives to me is inspirational. I love that. And then my last question, which I just like to ask off the cuff, what does being a neon woman mean to you? Being a neon woman is being bright, shiny in some cases, happy, you know, if you want to translate it to that and being able to show others the way, Mm. you know, like you can, when you think of the word neon, you think of like the the bright neon lights that everybody can see from, you know, like even in the dark, you can still see it. So, and you know, it's like, even if you're in this darkness, you can just walk towards it. So it's like they, the neon shows you the light, shows you the way. And, and I think being a a neon woman, being a leader, you know, being able to be that bright beacon of light in the night to show others the way. Yeah, I love that. Lorraine, this has been an incredible conversation. Your story is so inspiring and I literally cannot wait for everyone to, to hear it. Where can people connect with you? Where can they buy your book? I would love so to my, actually have, I'm starting like a resources page on my website. I would love to have okay. your book as a resource for people. Yeah, I can send you the links. I can send you the link to the free chapters as well. Yeah, perfect. Um, I'll send you an email after this um, with, with all the links. But if people want to connect with me, um, my two favorite places are Facebook and email. So Facebook Messenger is always great. Uh, my website is from Nope. Uh, sorry, my book's from Nope to Hope, and that's on Amazon. But my website, I have two. Uh, my business website is WordingWell, WordingWell.com. Exactly how it sounds, WordingWell. You know, the writer, right? Writer and editor, WordingWell. Uh, wordingwell.com you know has everything it's got my whole list of contacts everywhere you can find me on social media you know however you're most comfortable connecting is fine with me um and then lorraineregulate.com is my other site but nobody ever can remember my name so I just say remember wording well wording well is the easiest (laughs) 
Perfect. Well, thank you so much. This has been incredible. Well, thank you so much for having me. I really, really appreciate being here. Thank you for listening to the Neon Woman podcast, a Neon Network production. Follow Neon Woman on Instagram and Facebook or check out neonwoman.com for all the latest episodes and so much more. Thanks for listening.